<laughs> you sound tired. I am perpetually tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's also you, in the weeds after dark, so, right? Yeah, that is true. Literally after dark this time. Here in, uh, here in Chicago, here in lovely Chicago. Yeah, yeah. At least twilight. Yeah. Tired doesn't cover it. a million years ago at my very first job my boss realized that i had some sort of a natural talent and for some reason a desire to keep working in restaurants and he took me aside and he said randall you could be really good at this and you could go far if you could just learn to keep your mouth shut if you're listening to this you'll know i took part of that advice I don't know. Let's start yeah. there. Let's hop right in. How you feeling? You feel you feel like we can hop right in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to In the Weeds with Ben Randall. I am Ben Randall. And these are the dulcet tones of Stephen Cadwell. <laughs> I'm not laughing because I'm disagreeing. That just took me <laughs> off guard. Uh, Steve, tired doesn't begin to cover it. So I, I cannot compare myself to restaurant chefs any longer, right? I don't do that kind of work, right? What makes it a little bit worse, though, is like the end is in sight, and so the 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 workload and the effect of the workload is sort of compounded by the fact that like I can see the school year ending very yes. soon for me, and I'm about yeah. to have a vacation, but it ain't here yet. You know. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me give you a breakdown of the last couple of weeks here. Thursday, two weeks ago. I worked 16 hours because there was an evening event at the school. Friday, I only worked until noon. So I worked 5.30 to noon, but I had to cram in a whole day's worth of work as I was leaving the operation in the capable hands of my boss and a skeleton crew of like temps and one of my staff members because all the rest of us were going to my lead cook's wedding. Leave the school on a Friday at noon picked my daughter up from school we got cleaned up we got into our wedding clothes we went to the wedding it was great we got home at like 10 right saturday i got on a plane to go to nashville for a like a one-day conference for my company (laughs) so i was in nashville from saturday mid-afternoon until sunday mid-afternoon and then i got back onto a plane and got back to chicago at 11 30 that night and I was back at work at 5:30 Monday morning. So I got about 4 hours of sleep. That's the transition I still haven't caught up from yet. And it's been about a week. Right. So jet lag. Uh, basically I've been jet lagged like professionally jet lagged for the last <laughs> week. And the thing is is that anybody, ladies and gentlemen, if you work in a school environment, you know as well as I do, it's a glorious shift from working in restaurant kitchens if you're lucky enough to work in the kind of place like i do where it's completely scratch you still get to be professionally fulfilled you're writing your menus you're ordering in onions instead of like a soup base right like this kind of thing we still do a lot of a lot of i don't even know why i said a lot of like 85 percent of our food is scratch we track it right but to go back to my lead cook's wedding, she's not working right now, right? So, like, I am me in my job. I am also the lead cook and have been for the last two weeks. And we never replaced our salad guy right. who flaked out on us. So I'm that guy, too. After two weeks of that, it, it gets old. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm just wiped out. And it's the last couple of weeks of the school year, so everybody remembers that it's time to have end-of-year parties, which generally is not such a big deal, but it's just like that extra bit of running around because everybody's having ice cream sandwiches or a fancy breakfast or there's a an awards banquet or there's a staff happy hour. There's just like all of these other things going on, and I just cannot catch my breath these days. Yeah. I, I have one more full day worth of work. That's Monday. And then I am done until like, as far as like being in the office, doing the prepping and the cooking and all. And we feed 700 people a day, two meals, right? Like it's a yeah. not insignificant amount of work for what is now like four people. Um, <laughs> I get to not do that until the beginning of August, which is pretty nice. Starting yeah. Tuesday. I was going to say there's a reason why it's called the straw that broke the camel's back and not the <laughs> anvil. It's a little thing yeah, that yeah. becomes the, uh, the the thing. Uh, I'm also wondering why, when we have Gentleman Ghost, we don't have a Batman villain that's jet-lagged. Right. You know, a, a, a Batman villain who is just, like, done. Right? Like the Joker with no energy. He's just, like, <laughs> so done with everything. And just wants to burn it all down, but is kind of lazy about it. I'm in for that. <laughs> well, I feel I feel like that's his superpower. Is he he makes everyone else feel that way. <laughs> so Batman's like charging at him, but he gets within a certain radius, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go back to the Batcave and chill for a bit." <laughs> it just drains everybody's energy. Yeah. So, I mean, I am in no danger professionally here. I've been burned out. I know what that feels like. That's not what's going on. I've been checked out. That's not what's going on either, right? Like, I have a personal rule. I've said this before on this show. I have a personal rule. If I don't want to go into work three days in a row, I start looking for a new job, right? I, I start getting ready to quit that job. That has never once happened in seven years at this job. And in fact, in the last two weeks, I haven't had a day that I've been like, I don't want to go to work. I've had days where I'm like, I really don't want to stick around until 7 o'clock to do yeah. a dinner Appetite, like an app, a past appetizer dinner for seven people or 18 people or whatever it was. Like, I really didn't want to do that one event because it's like, yeah. give me five hours of downtime. I'm going to fall asleep. I don't even have a chair in my <laughs> office and I'm going to fall asleep. Yes. So there have been individual things, but like, I'm just, my brain is tired. My body's tired, but that's kind of always how it is. But like right now, my brain is tired. I just don't have a lot in the tank in, in my brain. Yeah. So here, here is a semi-related question. As someone who works in the industry, um, you don't have to comment on the one you just were at, but, uh, I mean, you, you were married once. I mean, you're still married. I, I but continue I mean, to be, yeah. Yeah, you, you got married. Like, yeah. you had the, that happened once. What, what was your thought process in terms of uh, catering? For you, my wedding or in general? Well, well, does it make it more difficult being someone who's in the industry or do you not care twice as much because you're in the industry? There are warring impulses inside of me personally about that because first off, I mean, this goes back to when my mother-in-law used to be really nervous to cook for me. And I finally had to tell her if somebody else did the work, it automatically tastes better, right? Like you're up one because I didn't have to do it myself, right? Yeah. And uh, – <laughs> I I now feel that way toward restaurants, caterers, you know, that sort of thing. If I go to a place and they're handing me a cup of coffee, even if it's a diner and it's clearly like Hills Brothers or something, mm, yeah. still tastes better than if I had to get up, walk to my kitchen and make my own cup of coffee. I struggled at the time. I mean, I was married 20 years ago. 
So I yeah. struggled with that at that time to the point where I didn't really have a caterer. I took uh, complete control of my food and I prepped most of it out. And then I hired people to basically just heat it up and present it at my wedding. So I managed to skirt the whole notion of turning that over to somebody else. My lead cook, if I can speak for her, she bullied the caterer that they used in the best professional way possible where she knew the game, right? So she got married at this place that now that I'm talking this inside baseball, I probably shouldn't name it, but it's out in, it's west of Chicago, gorgeous. It's a working farm. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the process of, of trying to figure out a place to get married, feel free to contact us separately and I'll tell you all about this place because we had a great time. But when they did the tasting for her menu, she knew the game. She knew where they were trying to direct her attention, what sort of food they wanted her to have. And she pushed back until she got what she wanted. But she knows the language. She knows how to talk to other chefs. So she was able to get what she wanted and not, like, ruffle any feathers, you know. Yeah. So speaking about, in particular, this wedding, they did something interesting, which is they had it coursed out. There was a salad course, like a warm pasta course, a bread course, um, a mixed vegetable, potatoes, chicken, and like a sausage and peppers plate. But it was all brought out to the tables, staged out, uh, family style. And then you would pass okay. it around. It was really interesting. And it actually lent to the experience a bit of a, of a greater sense of community. Because I was at a table with the rest of my staff who got invited, but then just other people, which was cool. Yeah. I wonder if that cut down on waste as well. Uh, 100%. That, that was such a good move for them because when yeah. you do plated, you're automatically making 30% more than if you're doing family style. Yeah, we, we did barbecue. I forget if it was plated um, no. or not because we didn't really get – you just went through a line, right? Yep, we just went through a buffet. The, the food at your wedding was really good. I feel like it was an easy choice, especially because we weren't there to, you know, do anything else. So we just picked a barbecue place that we liked. But uh, I know we had so much left over. We sent people home with just so much food. Like uh, some friends went home with whole cakes because uh, that was the one thing if I were to uh, do it over again. that I think the only thing I would change in terms of reception would be like cut the cake earlier <laughs> because there's there's a thing where it's like well you don't want to cut the cake until after all this other stuff otherwise people leave but at the same time it's like well a bunch of people left and they didn't yeah. eat the cake yeah so we had a whole bunch of cake left over but you know, um, I, don't, I don't know why i'm not naming this place where my lead cook got married because it was great uh it's called heritage prairie farm and it's in elburn illinois i don't i don't know the slightest idea what it costs but like i just keep coming up with all these details where I, i'm you know they had instead of Instead of appetizers out on like a thing for their happy hour or whatever, they had a bar where they were doing a signature cocktail. And then they had this whole stand that had like pitchers of ice water and lemonade and, and, and iced tea and stuff like that. And then they had servers coming around with past appetizers, but they were really fun. They had like a falafel. They had a, a single tortilla chip that had like this bean spread on it. They had... Oh, uh, buffalo cauliflower, right? Like, really fun appetizers. Those folks do a really good job up there. I was impressed. And it's in-house, like, the catering is part of the package? Yes. So they do what a lot of these kind of places do, because it's a whole facility, right? It's a working farm, yeah. but it's a whole yeah. facility. So you can get a package that is, use our cooks, use our chef, here's our menu options that you can choose from, whatever. If you bring someone else in, there is a fee for them to use right. the kitchen. So right. they sneakily make it a little cheaper for you to use their in-house people because that's what they want to do. I get yeah. that. That's how the game is played. That's fine. That's how I would do it, right? So yeah. that's fine. 
Well, I mean, it's good that it was their in-house and it was good. Uh, it was you know, good. versus yeah. yeah. Well, our in-house is is you may know it as Subway, um, <laughs> but yeah, here at Heritage Prairie Farms, we eat fresh. <laughs> uh, no, I I have to say I I don't know why I was nervous to say their name of their place. I can I, I can highly recommend this joint. I, I have nothing but good things to say about them. They even had pretty good um, coffee, to be honest. <laughs> what did we have at your wedding? I've forgotten. I remember the pies. Jeez, that was a long time ago. I did roasted pork loin. I remember I did patty pan squash. Our vegetarian option was wild mushroom risotto. That's about as far as I remember. And there were a lot of pies from Grand Traverse Pie Company. Yes. Like that I remember, but that was also like the uh, um, out of the ordinary sort of a, you know, or, you know, un- uncommon aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most uncommon because you always think cake or whatever. So uh, um, not that I'd been to a whole ton of weddings. I still haven't been to, a, you know, just oodles and oodles of weddings. So, um, but as far as stereotypes go, it's usually cake, but you did pie yeah. and it was excellent. And then years later I had the same pie and I was like, it, it, it is as good as I remember. Right. Well, and I was thinking in particular about my lead cook's wedding and I was just thinking back Maybe it's just that I've made very poor choices, but I was like, would I have ever invited any of my bosses to my <laughs> wedding? And the answer to that, sorry, anybody who might be listening to this who was ever one of my bosses, no. I, <laughs> especially not one that I was currently like working at that job and was, like, not for nothing, inconveniencing the boss. Because four of my, four of my staff members, three of my staff members were going to it as guests. One of my staff members was the bride. And then I was going. There was only one other person who works in that operation who was not going to be at the wedding. So I had one staff member who was stuck working that day. But that also meant that I had to work way harder on Friday before I even got to leave early and go to the wedding. Because she was pulling everybody to go to the wedding, right? Yeah. So would I have ever worked in an environment where I could say to my boss, hey, I'm going to take all of your crew. And I also want you to come to my wedding. No, absolutely not. And that's on that's 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 me, right? And the people that I've worked for, I wouldn't have been comfortable well, doing that. I think you have something going for you <laughs> in, in this in this realm. And uh, I mean, 100 percent serious about this. And it's that you're you're sober. Yeah, so yeah. because I think one of the dangers in in inviting someone to a, a wedding. Uh, or an event like that that you work for is that oh no they're gonna get drunk and embarrass me embarrass themselves or you know and they didn't have to worry about that with you the office christmas party issue yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair so uh i i um, was honored to be invited i'm so glad i was able to go i bought a suit for this <laughs> wedding. i think i saw I was, the picture on instagram yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was I, honestly I had my daughter take the picture, so I looked taller than I am because she was shooting from below, you know. But uh, I cleaned up all right. <laughs> you know, I'll be wearing that suit again. I need to get it dry cleaned now, but I will definitely be wearing that suit again. Also, I paid a lot of money for it, so yes, I'll be wearing that suit again. Nice. It was fun. I haven't been to a wedding in a while, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Mind if we segue to my business trip from there? Oh, let's that do would it. also yeah, so be that chronologically was, uh, appropriate. That was the pleasure trip. This is the business trip. Yeah. So Saturday afternoon, the uh, 3rd of June, I flew to Nashville. I had one goal in mind, which was go to Jack's Barbecue on Broadway in Nashville. I didn't do that. And I'm oh. so disappointed. And I could have, like, too many things happened too quickly. And it just did not work out. But, like, I got into town at 6-something 
five something. I got I I landed at five something. I finally like checked into the hotel, dropped my bags, got into an Uber, got downtown six something, whatever. And the coworkers of mine that I was meeting up with, who are managers for my company from all over the Midwest had already chosen a place to go eat. And I really wanted to meet up with these people because this was like the thing. Meet up, hang yeah. out, do the social stuff first, then do the whole full day of conference the next day, right? We went to two, and I promise you I'm not making this up, and I am embarrassed for myself, for Nashville, for our country. Kid Rock's Honky Tonk Bar. It is a four-story building that has different live music on every floor. You would think, okay, cool, awesome. They're just louder than the floor beneath them. <laughs> it was not great. The food was B minus. Very expensive. You mean Applebee's minus. <laughs> uh we sat up on the, the rooftop deck. It, the temperature was perfect. It was lovely out, whatever. What did I expect out of a place called Kids Rock, Kid Rock's Honky Donk Bar? Not much. I didn't see any spousal abuse. Nobody got shot. So I guess it was probably better than I was actually expecting. My favorite thing about the entire experience there was how 100% burnt out and checked out our server was. She could not have possibly given less of a fuck about her job. All, and I felt so bad for her, but at the same time, she clearly had been either scheduled the day before to come in that day or was called in that day. She did not want to be there. She did <laughs> legit the bare minimum, and as industry people, we all tipped her like 90%. <laughs> she made out like a bandit on our table doing the absolute bare minimum. <laughs> but we felt bad for her. She was dragging herself through that shift. And it was early. Yeah. That place is open till like 2 in the morning. Ugh. That was garbage. We then we spent the rest of that night, again, being the sober guy. Like, I just sort of tagged along. We ended up going to four other bars, all of which had live music. I'm not a country music guy. I could stand there and appreciate the fact that the musicians were doing their jobs appropriately. But I don't enjoy that kind of music. Um... Uh, two things I noticed about Nashville. I was there five years ago for roughly the same conference. People in Nashville are way friendlier than I was expecting. This is a Saturday night, downtown Nashville. Like, I had strangers offering to buy me drinks, which is always tough for me, you know. But usually it's people who know me who don't know that I'm sober or they had forgotten or whatever who are offering and then whatever. But this was like no joke at every place we went to. Somebody tried to buy one of us a drink. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, this, I, this must be how Nashville is. I don't know. And also Nashville is a far hornier town than I remember it being. <laughs> it occurred, I, I've, I've made this joke now three or four times and people keep telling me that it is currently the bachelorette party uh, go-to in the nation that is accurate as far as what i saw in that town interesting yeah uh i feel like there's two nashvilles like there were um are two orlandos there's the uh there's the actual place where people who live there go and then there's the neon strip and down nashville yeah. that that is like touristy 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 yeah in, i compare in everything fairness. to i drive because that's the it's international drive in orlando that's uh you know around the theme parks and just filled with tourist trap after tourist trap so it's the i drive of nashville whatever that strip is yeah well it's it's broadway in fairness we stayed on broadway and they now in the last five years have added these um stanchions or like like waist high pillars that separate the road from the sidewalk i presume for pedestrian safety and then on saturday nights they block the whole street off with police cars 
and it just turns into a walking mall. Uh, we went to one candy shop, which was awesome. There are, I would say, five boot and cowboy hat stores <laughs> yes. on that strip as well. Yes. I did not buy any cowboy hats or boots. Again, I didn't go to, even though that's where um, the barbecue place is that I wanted to go to. That's where Jack's Barbecue. I took a picture of the outside of it, but we had already eaten, and I was like, I'm not going to go to this place at what is now like 9 o'clock at night, even though they were open, <laughs> to eat barbecue when I'm not really hungry. You know, knowing yeah. that I'm going to be suffering all day tomorrow in uncomfortable clothing in a an auditorium doing a conference. Like, the last thing I need is barbecue sweats while I'm at a conference. Uh, I just I just planned it wrong. Because the other thing is that we got done with our conference at like 3.30 and my flight wasn't until 8-something. But we got on a shuttle that took us to the airport and I was like, I should have just stayed in town and gone to get some barbecue and then gone to the airport later. I, I made a mistake. Jack's Barbecue, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was supposed to see you Saturday last week, and I did not. <laughs> Have you? Were you going to do uh, – what were you going to do at the barbecue place? The last time I was there – this is, again, this is five years ago – I got a mixed three plate. So I got pulled pork, I got sliced brisket, and I got their sausage. And then um, – they give you a big old slice of like white bread, Texas toast kind of thing. And I believe I had mac and cheese as well and like a Coke or whatever. And I was going to probably do that same thing. <laughs> well, hey, five years you can do it. Yeah, I mean, I just got a Kamado Joe smoker and I'm going to have my staff all over to my house in a couple of weeks here for a barbecue, which traditionally I do. But throughout COVID, we stopped doing. And I am pretty sure I'm going to do a pork shoulder that I'm going to shred up for tacos. I'm going to do this. Uh, I worked for a guy who had been in the Navy and he learned how to make these like sweet, spicy uh, chicken wings that are marinated in 7-Up and like a sweet chili sauce. So I think I'm going to do those as well. I need a third thing. But I think I'm just going to break out the grill and do like grilled chicken breast and hot dogs or whatever because some of my staff are bringing kids. And what kind of uh, what kind of grill is it again? So it's called a Kamado Joe. If you've ever seen a big green egg, it's that, but it's red. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Got gotcha. Yeah. Um, I have not used it as a smoker yet, so I'm gonna have to next week once I'm done with work to make sure that I know how this device works. Right. It's that thing about don't ever make a recipe for the first time in front of company. Right. Like I need to test drive this thing. Huh. If you if you were to um, grill mythical flying lizards you would have kamado dragon right right or smoke did you say smoker or grill? yeah it's a smoker okay yeah yes <laughs> but Which that leads was me to another oh, okay. oh go ahead you no you first all right i was gonna say that's that wraps up my nashville experience i really thought it was gonna be a lot more fun than it was and i had really disappointing although what was i expecting airport food uh, and I paid a, an enormous amount of money for fancy bag of coffee beans at the airport from like a local roaster, and they're also terrible. So yeah, oh yeah, I know. Have you done Nashville hot chicken in Nashville at all? No, I never have. Nashville hot chicken turned into a thing in the intervening years between when I was there yeah. and now, and so I've never, I've never had it, uh, you know, from the source, from the tap. Yeah, I've, I've, we've talked about my experience with that yeah. here, right? Well, you don't like pickles, which is an integral part of that. Yeah, we well, so we stopped because there's two big big names. I'm sure there's more than that, but there's two big big names. I feel like we stopped at one of them. I feel like I may have named them before, and it's nothing against this place. It's just um, I have a there's something that they use. I don't know whether it's soy 
or something like the same kind of thing that maybe is in the Papa John's garlic oh, sauce. Oh, yeah. And um, we did it one year on our way down to vacation. And um, uh, I, in the middle of the night, was in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> sitting on the stool, holding the bucket. Yeah. Holding yeah, the yeah. trash because that, you know, the back of your mouth when it get that warm yeah. saliva. Yep. And it was just not a good experience. And I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I didn't know why. But then when it, we did, when it happened the second time, like either the next year or the year after when we drove down for vacation, um, then I was like, oh, I know what this is. And whereas I would say at this point that was worth it, it's not worth it to go through it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's just you conducting good science, right? Like if you've yeah. done an experiment and you've gotten a result, that's not applicable at all until you have repeated the exact same experiment and have gotten the same result right so you're just testing to confirm your theory that's fine yeah it did and it didn't dawn on me until it was that, that second time but and uh it's one of those things where you know it has zero to do with the food nothing wrong with the food there's something wrong with me <laughs> well and i've said this before so there is a kind of fish called escalar right and between eight and 15 percent of the human population cannot process the oil that's in Escalar. And so it's to the point now where I worked at a, a wine bar here in Chicago where we had it on the menu for a while, and we were debating whether or not we would have the servers tell people, like, hey, guess what? If you're part of this 8 to 15% of the population who can't break down the oil in this particular fish, you are going to poop your pants, right? <laughs> but that's not going to, like, we're not going to sell any of it at all if we tell people that. The problem is, is that you don't know until you know, but you yeah. find out in a hurry, you know? Uh, so there you go. Like this is your Escalar. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's that particular Nashville hot chicken. Maybe the other one as well. I don't know. We haven't done that experiment yet, so it'll be a follow up experiment. But um, yeah, that's not. Uh, but at least now, also I know because the second time it happened, it was like, oh no, I might be dying. What is yeah. <laughs> what is this? But now at least I know that it was not. You know, my body breaking down. <laughs> We're at that age now. We have to start thinking about, oh, no, is my body breaking down? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I am I am all about the science. Did I tell you about the garlic that was inside of the um, batch of Israeli pickles I made? No. Oh, man. So I'm doing this sort of like I'm, I'm on a pickling thing now, right? I just a minute ago on Instagram, uh, Chef Ben Randolph, by the way, put up a picture of the very first cucumber that's growing on one of my cucumber plants. It's very tiny. It's like the size of a dime. <laughs> but I'm growing a bunch of cucumbers this year. There's two different kinds. I forget now what kinds I'm growing. I have I have it written down. But I'm going to make a bunch of pickles because it's fun. So I learned how to make a salt-cured Israeli-style pickle. And it's just salt and water, the cucumbers, pickling spices, uh, and fresh garlic, cloves of fresh garlic. And you just put it into a bucket and you weight the top down so that everything's under the liquid and you just let it sit for like three days at room temperature and then you put it in your fridge for a couple more days and then they're great well i'm a huge fan of garlic right so i just ate one of the garlics as soon as that thing hit my stomach i thought i was gonna die like it was <laughs> it was fire it was so strong like that that like salivating in the back of your throat i was like i'm gonna throw up I drank a bunch of water and i was like well maybe i got a bad garlic i ate another one same thing <laughs> exact same thing <laughs> But I just now I just hate throwing stuff away so much. So because I had done this at work, I took all those garlics and it was about, I don't know, 15 cloves worth, brought them home. And I have one of those mandolin slicers that has a ceramic blade on it. They're scary as fuck. It's a scary device. And I shaved them down real skinny and dehydrated them. Then I crushed them up with a mortar and pestle. It's garlic salt because the garlic had absorbed so much of the salt. 
oh yeah. man, do I put that shit on everything? Like I put that on popcorn <laughs> the other day. Ugh, that's what I'm gonna die of. I'm gonna die of garlic salt parmesan popcorn, and it's gonna be a great way to go. Put it on my my tombstone, and then that lady who's going around writing, uh, doing the recipes off of people's gravestones will be like garlic <laughs> parmesan popcorn. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, it might be the garlic if there's fresh garlic in the Nashville hot chicken because I have a, but there'd have to be a lot of it. But I do react a little bit to um, if I have too much garlic, like a little bit is fine, but I have too much minced garlic or, you know, fresh garlic, then it affects me a little bit. But, um, you know, that's just me. Like, I don't have much of an anarchic streak, right? I'm not, I'm not a revolutionary, but how dare you ever put one clove of garlic in a recipe like if i i never ever follow the garlic measurement for a recipe of anything i'm putting in <laughs> as much garlic as my heart tells me to all right and it's always a lot it's, it's a ton of garlic i put garlic in my scrambled eggs this morning they it didn't even have time to cook it was just like raw ass garlic in there. <laughs> there's a while when we were grown up on vacation going on vacation uh, before we went on vacation that my dad had read somewhere that uh, taking a garlic supplement would keep the mosquitoes away. Huh. So uh, we were all trying to do that, and he was he was on a you know he was really uh, sticking with it. But um, the reason it keeps you away is beca- the same reason that everyone else wanted to stay away yeah. from you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just planted marigolds. There's a big strip in front of my house, like you know that space between the sidewalk and the road. Yeah, that's kind of like a weird no man's land where the city won't take care of it, but you're not really required to take care of it and whatever. There's a chunk of it. It looks like before we moved into this house, there was some pipe work done or something and nothing is growing there. I don't know if the pipe was made out of salt or whatever, <laughs> but I, I got one of those mixes of um, it's like grass seed and some sort of a dirt or a dirt substitute and a little bit of fertilizer and you spread it and then you water it and it kind of puffs up and then the grass is supposed to grow in there i threw a bunch of marigold seeds in there as well because those do repel a lot of pest style insects not pollinators so much but like your mosquitoes and your gnats and things like that so oh nice uh, my daughter planted a bunch of those in the backyard and they haven't quite come up yet but now we're gonna have some in the front yard too ideally Although nice. there is like a fertilizer component to that grass seed, so hopefully we won't have like four foot tall marigolds. That'd be weird. <laughs> hey, w- when should you expect your first tomato? I have two flowers on one of my tomato plants, so we can do a gardening update. I still do not have gardening music, but uh, <laughs> I, I, like I said in our last episode, and ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize that we skipped last week, but I don't know if you heard the first half an hour of this. I was busy. Yeah. Uh, I went and bought three tomatoes from a garden center here in town to replace the two heirloom varietals that died. And so now I have six varieties of tomatoes. And I'll be honest with you, all of them are flourishing. They're all doing really well. I have two different kinds of sweet peppers. I have jalapenos. I have four. No, I have two. I have four each of two different cucumbers and one black zucchini. And everybody's doing great. There was a dip there. Whenever you move plants outside, they go, what the hell is this? But then they come right back. And it's now to the point where all of my tomatoes have cages on them, and they're climbing the cages, and everybody looks great. One, which is the Midnight Snack, which is a purple cherry tomato, has two blossoms on it. So I'll be getting tomatoes in the next, what, three weeks, probably? Okay. That puts us into July. That's about right. All right. Cherry tomatoes are always faster. 
I've been I've been looking, and granted, we started a little later, so I knew it was going to be a little later for us. But uh, I mean, I've got one of my tomato plants is a foot tall, at least nice. out there, and uh, my tomatillo plant has four tomatillos, you know, t- or tiny little tiny yeah. little tomatillo flowers or whatever. So. Um, I don't four tomatillos might be too many for Kayla and I. I don't know what we're gonna do, <laughs> and it looks like it's gonna you know I don't know uh, how many it will end up ultimately producing, but but I keep waiting for blossoms and other things, and then we have one zucchini plant, reg- just regular zucchini I think, or well, it might be black zucchini I don't remember, but uh, I don't know when that's gonna like I keep looking and I was like are these flowers or is this just more leaves because it's like some weird alien plant um, <laughs> growing out there, so uh, I just didn't know when to expect um, things. Well, this is my ignorance. I hear tomatillo, all I think of is salsa verde. There's probably a dozen traditional things that you use tomatillos for. I only ever use them for salsa verde. Now, I love salsa verde, so that's fine. But, like, I don't know what the heck. If somebody was like, here, here's a bushel of tomatillos. You can't make salsa verde. I'd be like, these are going to go bad. I don't know what you want me to do (laughs) with these things. Well, th- well, we wanted. I mean, we got seeds for a salsa garden, so we yeah. wa- that's you know we want to do that. But my fear is like that's the thing that's going to produce fruit, and nothing <laughs> else will. And we're just going to end up with like you know ten tomatillos, and then I try to learn to juggle. I guess. There, well, yeah. I, I man, you're like the third person, third or fourth person in the last couple of days who has mentioned juggling. Juggle. There's something <laughs> in the air. I mean, it's probably tomatillos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I. I'm going to have to cut down some of the peppers because, like I said, I just brought home a handful of jalapeno seeds from work and I just chucked them in the ground where one of in, into one of the pots where one of my heirloom tomatoes had died. And I, every single one of those came up. So there's like 15 <laughs> tiny jalapeno plants in there. I'm going to let them come all the way up and then take some of them down. Uh, I'm not too worried about them overcrowding that pot so much. It's been nice enough out that I've moved now all four of my avocado plants outside. And two of my three coffee plants outside and two of my citrus trees. But I repotted them and I didn't change the labels over. So I don't know which citrus is which. I have a, <laughs> a I have an orange, I have a lemon, and I have a grapefruit. And I don't know which is which. So I will learn in five years when they start producing fruit. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But everybody seems pretty happy outside. I actually talked to the owner of the hardware store down the street from me, and he's going to save me some pallets. I'm going to make, like, a terraced platform to put all of my tropical plants on. So my avocados and my coffee plants, because I just, they're not level, and I want to get them up off the ground because they're killing the grass, which doesn't bother me too much. But, like, they just leave these weird patches on the ground when I move them, and I just want to have a stable place for them to live. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad everything's doing well. Everything we put out has lived, but there are some things, I swear, are no bigger than they were when we put them out there. Oh, no. And I don't know why, but they're still green. They're still hanging on. Other things have have grown um, quite a bit. Like I said, the tomato plant's going like gangbusters, and the tomatillo is going like gangbusters. But um, there's two little, and one I think one might be habanero, and I don't know whether it needs... um, like would prefer a different soil or would prefer less water, but everything else seems to be doing so well. I'd hate to not water as much. Yeah, we've had no issues with less water here in Chicago. It hasn't rained in like two weeks. It's gonna rain tomorrow, but I've been having to like, it's it's not ideal to water your plants at like three in the afternoon, but that's when I get home and they all kind of look droopy. So I've been watering them then. But yeah. what I should be doing is watering them, I guess, at like four thirty in the morning right before I go to work. But that feels weird too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I have one more day of work, and I can water my plants whenever the fuck I want. I could water them ten times a day. Won't matter. Yeah. 
and then yeah, hopefully tomorrow they get watered uh, on their own. Yeah, here too. Well, it, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna rain overnight, which is gonna be perfect. I'm, nice. I'm now oh. I'm now that guy. I'm that age where it rains, and I'm like, ooh, my tomatoes are gonna love this. And everybody else is like, yeah, but it sucks. It's raining. <laughs> you mean it's gonna rain overnight Sunday to Monday or t- Saturday to Sunday? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, we'll see when. Uh, right now, it's not scheduled to start until like ten over here, so mm-hmm. we'll see if that changes. Um, I I don't want it because then I'll have to mow again, but I do want it because I have a garden. <laughs> right. Well, and since we put the trampoline in the backyard, we can't just set up a sprinkler because it's the trampoline. It can get wet. That's fine. It lives outside, but you can't use it while it's wet. There's something about the fibers themselves will stretch oddly if you're jumping on it while it's wet. And so that's what they say. I think it's a safety thing and they don't want to get sued for people slipping and falling and breaking their collarbones on a yeah. trampoline. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's worth my time. It's worth my effort. It's worth the distraction of all of that for my kids to have a trampoline and for me to have to like hand water around it. It's not a big deal. They spend more time outside. My kids, yeah. not unlike plants, really do better with some sunlight. <laughs> you know, vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm planting anything else this year. Now I've run out of time. Like I don't think I'm gonna grow corn. You know, or anything. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But the grand experiment continues. We're going to see, A, which of these plants do well here enough to produce a bunch of fruit. Because it's gonna, there's going to come a time this summer, we will talk about this on the show, where I'll be like, hey, Steve, do you want a couple hundred pounds of tomatoes? Because I've got them. <laughs> right? Processing these is probably going to turn into like a daily thing. But I'm also going to see which ones I like, right? See which ones work yeah. for whatever. Because the, the, the San Marzano, that one's going bonkers i'm gonna be able to make so much marinara pizza sauce just canned tomatoes that sort of thing because that plant is going ham you know nice hey hey, did you get the i know you said you wouldn't necessarily plant it in your garden just for cross-pollination purposes or to prevent cross-pollination or whatever but did you see there was an update from the purple tomato people i did get an email from them they are still um going through the process with the fda of getting their product Approved for human consumption, something, something, bioengineered, something. I don't know. There's probably like a legal process for all that. They did try to sell me a shirt. I don't want to buy a shirt. I want them (laughs) to send me seeds so I can grow their stupid thing just because I want to see what it's like. Like, yeah, I don't want it to end up being like the big plant from Little Shop of Horrors, but I do kind of want to grow this thing and see what what it's like. Yeah, and they've evidently done some like taste test places, and uh, that you know seems to have not triggered any sort of weird evolutionary, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, DNA in anyone. Although right. it does seem to correspond with the uptick in UFO stuff here in the U.S., so I don't know if that's related or not. <laughs> Tangential, no, just tangent. At this stage, I don't think there's any purpose to hiding whatever the overt ufo information is right at this stage as a nation we're so fucking tired (laughs) the government could just be like look we're putting it on youtube here's all of our interviews with the space aliens here's exactly what they have to say here's what their cultures are like they've been watching us they think we're really dumb they're not gonna mess with us they did mess with us back in the 60s remember how crazy the 60s were it's a lot of alien (laughs) stuff and everybody in this country would just be like whew well at least we know 
Yeah. And that would be it. Like, it's not going to cause a panic. It's not going to cause some sort of horrible uprising. We're just going to be like, add it to the pile, man. Just yeah. throw the aliens on top of the pile. We're good. Just add well, it to the crap we're going through now. That's the headline this hour? All right. Moving on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the aliens going to stop all the school shootings? No? Well, then I don't care. Yeah. Then what good are they? Yeah, Tell them to leave. Stupid-ass aliens. Right. So, uh, U.S. government, if you're listening to this, if there's some poor intern in the NSA who has to uh, listen to every podcast in the world to make sure that we're not talking about fomenting revolution and stuff, just tell us about the aliens. We're not going to care anywhere near as much as you think we are. Yeah. In fact, some of us are going to want to sleep with those aliens. That's about as uh, intense as we're going to get about it. (laughs) I'm curious if the purple tomato came from aliens. Exactly. Just tell me that part, right? Like, make it relevant to me. But otherwise, nobody's really going to care. You know who's going to care? Hollywood. Because they're going to be like, well, there's a type of movie we're not going to be able to make anymore because it'll be offensive (laughs) to the aliens. (laughs) Yep. That'll be it. Although there's a writer's strike going on right now, so they can't make any movies about anything. Right. Dead in the water. So... You have issues digesting certain things that you've been figuring out. Papa John's garlic sauce is one of them, which, by the mm-hmm. way, delicious. <laughs> Although they did change the formulation of that, and it's less delicious now. Nashville hot chicken, you can't. Could you imagine what it would be like to have an intergalactic food system? That's a whole nother layer of, like, I don't even know if I'm allergic to this or if it's just legit toxic to my species. Yeah. Well, that's what I found fascinating about the Mastodon when they had the Mastodon meatball that they grew in a lab. Right. And they were like, uh, we don't know if anyone were to eat this, what it would do to them. And I'm like, really? You you can't figure that out scientifically? Like, you can do an allergy test. Right. But you're worried that this meat might have ill effects if someone were to eat it? Like, that idea... From something like that. Now, something, if it came in on a meteor, I could understand. Like, well, yeah, right. I, I'm not going to go, you know, grow whatever that is and eat it. But um, but something like Mastodon, you'd think it would be close enough related to elephant that you would know what the effects would be if somebody ate it. Yeah. But uh, that was one of the things in the article that I was reading. And also, there's some redneck, you know, right, who right now has a deer hanging from a tree in his yard or a possum or a, yeah, a gopher yeah. or whatever who would be like, I'll try it. I'll oh, be yeah. your guinea pig. I already said so, I would try it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, figure it out. I'm currently <laughs> trying to grow a whole bunch of plants in very questionable Chicago urban soil. I mean, come on. I'll eat that thing. <laughs> like, I bet you that my tomatoes are going to have so much lead in them, you can sharpen them and use them as a pencil. <laughs> That's a lie. I'm growing all my tomatoes in individual pots that I put organic dirt in because I'm a nerd. But... If I were to, like, I'm not going to eat the marigolds that I planted in my front yard, but those are clearly going to be toxic. They're probably going to glow in the dark. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was thinking about that because we watched the new Spider-Man movie, the Spider-Verse movie, yesterday. Okay. It is one of the top three best movies I've seen in the last five years. That movie is astonishing. There's some food in it, but it's not really a food movie. But it got me thinking about, in prep for the show today food movies and 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 how different cultures on this planet handle food and how other like whenever we see food being done in sci-fi it's sort of unilateral like a planet will just all have one food they'll all have one climate you know that sort of thing yeah and how like star wars in particular 
everybody can breathe the air on every planet. Everybody can eat all the food and drink all the water on every planet. And they that was just a uh, like a creative choice. They were just like, you know what? We're not fucking with that part. We're not pretending like all the planets are all that different. Everybody can just go there for dinner whenever they want. And I appreciate that because Star Trek got a little cranky about that where there were some, like the guy, the blue guy who had to have the little like puffer thing on his face because he couldn't yeah. really breathe the air. That's distracting and dumb. <laughs> and I appreciated that. Although now that I'm saying that, Spider-Verse, the food that they do have looks really good. They have like a barbecue on top of a roof in one scene. Not a spoiler at all. It's not necessarily consequential. <laughs> the food looks good in that scene. Hungry right now thinking about it. This is animated too, right? It's Yeah. When I saw, saw the first one, I had no expectations at all. I was like, animated Spider-Man movie? What is this? My kids wanted to see it. I was like, all right. And it was just me just like openly weeping in the theater. <laughs> so it was so good. <laughs> this movie, I went in with all the expectations, and it was better than I thought it was going to be. Man, that movie was good. Nice. <laughs> there was i don't have this in front of me but i read an article a while back in eater about somebody who is cooking food from the miyazaki universe you were watching any of the miyazaki movies the japanese uh, animated movies like I'm spirited away and howl's moving castle and these sort of things I've, I've maybe watched one but i it's been a long time ago and i don't know which one it oh been. if you've got hbo max just watch all of them they are all gorgeous they're insane because we don't really have the cultural background for a lot of like the the stuff that's built into it, you know. Mm -hmm. But they're amazing, and the food in every one of those movies—you just want to reach through the screen and grab the food. <laughs> it is all gorgeous. And there was somebody who was cooking their way through all those movies and trying to recreate all of the food, and it looked really good in real life too. I was very impressed. Oh, nice. That's a fun. Um goal yeah you got to find a, a franchise like that that would have or i guess it's not necessarily a franchise they're not all interrelated but uh right uh, an animator or or a director or somebody that that uses food in a way that that would allow you to be like i'm going to cook through you know whatever yeah you wouldn't um, do fast and furious because that would just be coronas yeah <laughs> that wouldn't you wouldn't even you do long. what what was the food truck movie was that just chef chef yeah um, I mean, I guess you could do that, but that's not really the... All he did was make Cubano sandwiches. Don't get me wrong. I love a Cubano, yeah. but like once you've made that, you're done. Yeah. That and what the the lava cake at the beginning is, I remember, the diatribe about the lava cake. Yeah, there was a whole section. I need to watch that movie again. That movie was pretty good. But there's a whole section in the very beginning where he's making like way high-end food and whatever. But it's you're right. That's not like part of a... It's not part of a cohesive universe or, or that yeah. sort of thing. Um, Kayla and I ate at a new place just today. It was, uh, uh, there was a place in town, a Mexican restaurant that closed and they're like, Hey, we're going to keep our food truck, but we're closing the storefront. Oh, nice. Um, and I don't know exactly why, other than they said they were making money at the food truck. Um, but not necessarily at the, uh, storefront. And it might be because half of the building they were in got turned into a pot place and, uh, maybe they wanted the rest of the building. So they got priced out or something i was gonna say you could do worse than run a mexican restaurant next to a dispensary <laughs> that sounds like you'd just be printing money um yeah but we so we did that today and kayla got a couple tacos and i, I did the nachos and she got chips and guac and uh yeah it was good we were not disappointed it was good stuff um and then we also got, went to a donut place not too far from here and uh um they do they do good work definitely better than duncan a little sweet 
Ah. And their their like fancy donuts seem to be I feel like they genuinely wanted to give you more for the little bit of price difference that there was, you know. Sure. But the more was just like more frosting. <laughs> I was like, I don't really need this. I, I'm like, hey, why don't you split the difference, raise the price so that they're even with your other donuts, and then you can just, you know, not not put so much of this stuff on it. Um, um, but they, they were, they're rather new. They're in a town to the east of us, just a little ways, and uh, yeah, um, don't really have any complaints. They, they weren't the, the best donuts I've ever had, but they're, I mean, they were definitely superior to anywhere else around here, so... Uh, um, so that was fun. That was our food food excursion today. For all that people say Chicago is a town that's primarily based on sausages and pizza, Chicago's a really good donut town. Yeah, Chicago's got a good donut game, yes. I, I have been, and it's funny because there are so many Dunkin' Donuts in this town. Yes. And yeah, I mean, as much as I want to, as it were, dunk on them, their their food is not great. They do one thing. They do it the way that they do it. They have a market that they play to. There are 9,000 outlets of the of, of Dunkin' Donuts slash Baskin Robbins here in Chicago. But then there's no – there's nothing in the middle. You go from that to, like you yeah. were just saying, <laughs> fairly expensive donuts, but almost all of them are worth it, right? You've yeah. got Do-Right. You've got Stan's. You've got – something sweet you've got joe donut i mean you've got fire cakes like it just goes on and on and all of them are great yeah to the point where it's almost hard to choose you know yeah this place i'd say the one that they i feel like they really nailed i it was something monkey in the title and it was um it was a donut that had like a peanut butter um glaze or you know it was thick but i hesitate it, it wasn't frosting sure sure you, you know so ganache i don't know what you'd call it um it wasn't it was it would get it got hard okay you, you know not hard hard but it was you know anyway so that like was a, on top like the same texture as just like the straight up vanilla glaze donut like that kind of um, crackly thing on top almost yeah yeah okay huh. um, i wonder how they so do that. yeah um so yeah it didn't get as hard as like a hard shell yeah you know, ice cream kind of a thing, but that that was on the top, um, and then some chocolate drizzled over that, and then the center because it was a ring donut. The center of the donut was uh, their banana, whatever. Sure, nice. Um, and uh, that one was was legitimately good. And the peanut butter stuff on there, I thought they did it exceptional with. And I would have they had another donut that was like a peanut butter cup donut, and that one I would have rather have had the same peanut butter stuff from the 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 banana donut. Uh huh on that one because that one was too peanut buttery for me like it was like um i don't i don't want just a spoonful of peanut butter with a donut <laughs> <laughs> the banana donut kind of feels like it's missing some black garlic though like maybe you need to have a black garlic component to it <laughs> no, no. So, i know some people that would think that as well uh, but uh, uh yeah maybe that you know m- maybe all my troubles with garlic s- since then have been because of that instance, and my body's just like, "What the hell did you yeah. do?" And <laughs> revenge every time. Any garlic from now on, you got bumped um, into a lower garlic uh, uh, <laughs> echelon. Yeah. yeah. Yes, my garlic tolerance was like, uh-uh. Um, yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're planning on opening a donut shop in Chicago, probably not the time. Like, it's not like the city's <laughs> locked up, but the city already does really good donuts, like all over the place. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing you'd have going for you is if you did it in a in a place. If you look at the Venn diagram of donut places in Chicago and you find a hole that yeah. you can fill, you know, like maybe maybe uh, um, you know maybe Wicker Park doesn't have a donut place yet. Although I feel like that's close enough to Stans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stans but, uh, has two or three locations, I believe. Yeah. So uh, just look look for your radius. But around, around here, we're we're getting a Dunkin'. They're building a Dunkin'. But other um, other than that, the the supermarket bakeries are the places that have donuts, and um, and I mean, granted, Martin's not terrible, but I mean, better than Duncan. Um, the but Kayla and I did have a Duncan. It was in the middle of nowhere in like Georgia or something like that, attached to a gas station. It was fairly new, and they like whoever was running it was like, we're gonna make every donut in the book. I've <laughs> never seen that kind of variety at a Dunkin' Donuts before or since. And every one of those donuts was like uh, they're making them like, like Mr. Duncan or whoever started this place would have wanted them to be making them because they were they were legit legitimately like good donuts at a Dunkin' Donuts. I've never experienced it before or since. So I've got two things I want to say. One of them is outlandish, and the other one I feel is like a sociological experiment. The first one, <laughs> could you make like a, a donut place where have you ever had? You've had potato donuts, right? Yes. Okay, it's all potato donuts. And it's Duncan written the way that Dunkin' Donuts is written, but it's Duncan McLeod, <laughs> the Highlander. Yeah. And that's a potato, like an Irish potato donut pun restaurant <laughs> where every donut is has got like Bailey's in it or Jameson or something like that. So that's, that's the half-hearted joke. I'm going to keep working on it. The other one is... <laughs> We've talked in the past about franchises and about how, like, my dad has this friend who owned three Taco Bells. And all he did was increase the amount of meat that he put into each taco by, like, a half an ounce. And he made more money than anybody else in the region because people noticed it. And they would preferentially go there as opposed to any other Taco Bell. And so you get variations in things like that. But then you go to McDonald's and McDonald's are just, like, stamped you know, like out of a cookie press and every single one of them is exactly the same no matter what and the regularity of that is what people look for. Dunkin' Donuts, while their products don't vary all that much location to location, service swings wild at Dunkin'. Yeah. That's not how they're trying to promote themselves, but that could easily be a slogan, right? Instead of America (laughs) runs on Dunkin', service swings wild at Dunkin'. There's one, when I pick my kids up and I drive home, it takes about 20 minutes in Chicago traffic. So you know we're not going far. It's like a mile and a half. We passed three Dunkin' Donuts locations to get to my house. One of them, I I know, no matter what, if we go in there, we're going to get pretty darn good service to the point where it like is better than what you would expect at a Dunkin' Donuts. And the other two are actually far below what I would expect to get from a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so it's the same products. But there's just no, like, the human aspect of that, they cannot legislate. They can't say to franchisees, you also have to be, like, competent and kind of nice to your customers. The one that's the closest to my house, it's walking distance away. My daughter always wants to go there to get ice cream. No offense to the folks who run the place and, like, whatever, run your business how you're going to do it. They're awful. They're, like, really bad at everything. (laughs) Lackluster service. You walk in and they all look at you like, Jesus, why are people coming in here? Like it's like they're surprised that people are coming into a donut ice cream place. Like we're yeah. bothering them. That's I hate going into a place feeling like I'm bothering the staff. Yeah. I know I'm bothering them. They should not let me know that, right? 
But then there's one Dunkin' Donuts where every time we've been in there, it's been great, which is weird <laughs> all by itself. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you work for Dunkin' Donuts, let your upper management know that, like, the service, we notice that some of them are really awful, even though it's the same product across the country. Yeah. You know, I think their newest slogan is, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, hey, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> also, you might get buttermilk in your coffee. I know that was, like, yeah. three years ago, but still, that... I don't get coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. I, I, I have not gotten a cup of coffee from that place since because yeah. I just don't want to drink buttermilk. Yowza. Yeah, who does? No, not a good not a good experience. Yeah. I think I think um, uh, quality can vary too. I know one of the things uh, of of the product, which which only has a I mean it only reaches a certain bar anyway. Yeah. But uh, I know in Chicago I talked with because that ended up being a default breakfast for me when I was delivering um, office supplies. Uh, and uh, talked to someone in one of those, I think, that I went into. Um, it may have been the one out. No, uh, it was the one closer, not the one out by the um, where we pick up stuff in uh, Elk uh, Grove. Elk Grove? Out by the airport. Um, and uh, they said that they they didn't bake in the in the stores. They got together. They made a pact, like, or, or you know, with all a bunch of Dunkins in the area so that they have a central place where ah. they do all the baking and then they ship the donuts out, which totally makes business sense. I totally yeah, get it. Yeah. Um, and then at least in Chicago, you should get consistent donuts um, because they're, you know, all being baked in the same place. So the majority of them sure. are. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, and they would consider themselves, which is why they're also going by Dunkin' now, not Dunkin' Donuts, is that they're a coffee shop. They're not a donut <laughs> place. Yeah. So For all those people who are dying for buttermilk in their coffee. Yeah. <laughs> or dying of buttermilk in their coffee. <laughs> that could be hey. another experiment for you. See if that affects you the same way that Papa John's uh, garlic sauce does. If if I froze some Indian flatbread. Yeah. Like a, like a naan or a, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And clobbered you with it. Would that be a nonviolent <laughs> crime? Or would be a, would it be a violent uh, non-crime? Violent non-crime. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to segue to us into Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, no, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a bad pun I thought of. Oh, man. So this happened uh, a while back. This is a couple weeks ago now. And the uh, headline is amazing. Benedict Cumberbatch's family faces a horrific, should be an horrific, knife attack at home by Chef Jack Bissell. But I, I don't even know what to do with all those words in that order. You know? <laughs> Well, I have since seen an article that said former chef, so at least we have that going for us. Yeah. So, Camden, North London, when a former five-star chef went on a knife rampage at Benedict Cumberbatch's home, he and his family panicked inside their uh, London home. Jack Bissell, 35, kicked through the iron gate of the actor's five-bedroom home. Bissell ripped the intercom from the wall and then made a series of terrifying threats. He repeatedly shouted, I know you moved in here. I hope it burns. Uh, shocked to find out that Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, married and has children. I didn't realize that was a thing either. Yeah. How many children does he have? Two, it appears. Three. I read that wrong. <laughs> yeah. The After that, the chef used a fish knife at the... Uh, Okay, this is written very strangely. Basically, he attacked a bunch of their plants, uh, threw some of the plants over the garden wall, which is uh, British for backyard, uh, spat onto the intercom, and kicked it out. And uh, 
it made Doctor Strange very sad and scared, which I guess I get. I don't. I, I shouldn't diminish his his trauma over that. Uh, there appears to be absolutely no reason for this guy to have done this. He hasn't been harmed by Benedict Cumberbatch uh, in the past, right? Like this dude appears to have just uh, either he's got a grudge, or he went nuts, or he was on drugs, or something. I don't know what it was. Um, I, he's been arrested. He was fined nearly three hundred dollars. And uh, he has three restraining orders, so he cannot uh, contact them at all. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, bizarre, bizarre, yeah. bizarre, bizarre. Um, and uh, uh, he stopped by a bakery beforehand. <laughs> oh yeah, and bu bought some pita bread for some reason, and uh, was commenting about how he was going to try to burn down. Benedict Cumberbatch's house as he's buying the pita bread, which, you know, I guess you'd need to... Maybe he just felt like he had to go through with it. It was an awkward moment when he was buying the bread. He was trying to create small talk. It went poorly, <laughs> and then he was like, they're going to think I'm a liar if I don't try to follow through with this. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, it definitely seems like uh, he, someone who needs some therapy. I was just about to say, so knowing what I know about the industry, unfortunately, the two most likely scenarios here are drug abuse, which have led to some sort of a psychotic break, or dude was just on, on some form of drugs that were making him talk crazy, or undiagnosed mental illness, because people in my industry don't talk about it at all, and mostly we're big tough guys. Yeah. So it could be, or both, could be both, could be, uh, could be a, little, a little vinaigrette of the two of those mixed together. Uh, I, aside from the fact that saying Benedict Cumberbatch, saying that whole mess of noise that is that guy's name takes time away from my life, I really don't bear <laughs> the guy any ill will. He did a far better job in Sherlock than he did as Doctor Strange. I don't like his Doctor Strange. I'm not going to throw pita bread at him and try to burn his house down. That's weird. <laughs> that's a weird response to that. Listen, I'll distract the birds with the pita bread and then I'll burn the house down. Yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah, that's a ticket. Uh, it... it this is why, and I say as someone who broadcasts my own voice internationally, once a week usually, yeah, I have no desire to be famous, man. What if somebody starts hucking pita bread at me and tries to burn my house down? I don't want that. Yeah. I don't, I don't need that in my life. My name's also Ben. Like, I could be in this guy's crosshairs for all I know. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just trying to, like, truncate the rest of that. So Ben Cummer would be uh, the... Uh the truncated version of Benedict yeah, Cumberbatch, yikes. right? Either that or Dick Batch. <laughs> so <laughs> all of those are great. I hope he opens up a bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch moved to Chicago, open up a donut place called Dick Batch. We're all here for that. <laughs> I do wonder, like, if pita bread, if pita sales were to skyrocket, is that like a sign that the end is near? Yeah. Is is there some <laughs> there's some prophecy involving pita bread that I'm unaware of? There's a consistent market for PETA because, as we all in the West tend to forget, there's like a trillion people that live in the India and greater India region, right? Like places where this kind of food is eaten, the Middle East, that sort of thing. Uh, when I encounter PETA and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get some PETA and I feel kind of exotic about it. Like there are people for whom this is like what they eat all the time. And it's yeah. a <laughs> lot of people, you know. They're probably like, oh, PETA again? <laughs> In fact, I almost made pita last week 
like it popped into my head as I was driving home and I was like, why would I do anything else right now? I just have to get past the end of the school year. Then I make all the pita I want. But I was just like, no, 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 I'm, that's not what I'm doing. That's what we ended up doing with my failed bread dough as we made uh, pita bread. Uh, great, it was fun. Great use of failed bread dough. Yeah. yeah. Flatbread. It didn't, it didn't rise the way it should have. And then we, uh, we threw the pizza stone in the oven and got it right nice and hot and then, uh, did that and it was fun to watch it get all bloaty yeah there you go it was gonna be a flatbread anyway make yeah, it a yes. legit flatbread <laughs> so this way it was on purpose yeah there you go see that's that's salvaging a situation right there yeah it was weird though because after we ate it i was like i gotta go stab someone um, <laughs> i really need to burn down benedict cumberbatch's house <laughs> yeah where where does he live oh too far away it wore off before i got there <laughs> so there was the whole thing about the Salem witch trials were probably at least influenced by when rye bread goes moldy, it produces the same sort of uh, hallucinatory effects as LSD, right? It's got that ergot compound in it. What if there was a pita bread connection that was making people hallucinate that they needed to burn down Benedict Cumberbatch's house? That dude would be in serious danger. Yeah, yeah. And I would be I would be on board for that conspiracy conspiracy theory if it weren't for the fact he was talking about it as he was buying the pita bread. Well, maybe he was buying more pita bread. Yeah, there you so go. So he was already yeah he was already hopped up on uh, you know all the pita. He'd just run out at home and it's like jonesing <laughs> for more. Yeah, man, I my industry is such a mess, right? So like at the same time that there are people who are trying to do really good work with like unionizing and normalizing people getting not even just like mental health care but like going to the hospital when you hurt yourself taking care of yourself physically and not just quote toughing it out and all this kind of stuff so much of these patterns are just ingrained in people my age and older all the work that i'm doing all the work that people my age are doing to bring up the next generation better doesn't help us anyway <laughs> we're still the ones who are like i'm gonna buy some pita and go burn down an actor's house right because i've got like i'm because i'm demented and i never went to a therapy that sort of thing right there's a large number of us who are just unsettled all the time yeah and we're never gonna do anything about it well the, you know the the people that just go to work with their put their nose to the grindstone and churn out good work day after day they never get the press <laughs> right that's there's that too as long as we're already deep into that, let's talk about this Lexington, Kentucky sure. restaurant owner. Seeing as how I was just in that area of the world. Um, this is an article from Lexigo Eat. Yeah. What's that? I was going to say Lexington Herald Leader, their Lexigo yeah. Eat. Yeah. After being sued for wage theft, Lexington restaurateur calls the law stupid. New lawsuit says. So, ladies and gentlemen, the short story on this is uh, always speak as if you're being recorded because you're probably being recorded. Yeah. The owner of a popular downtown steak restaurant in Lexington bashed Kentucky wage laws, telling his employees he thought the law was stupid in a meeting that he held with employees after he was sued over wage theft, according to another lawsuit filed against him for allegedly violating the wage laws. Bartenders of the restaurant allege the toner, the owner of Tony's Steak and Seafood, Tony Ricci, had violated the minimum wage and overtime requirements of the Kentucky Wages and Hours Act by paying employees a tipped hourly wage less than the minimum wage and relied on the tip credit to satisfy the statutory minimum wage obligations. This is the creative schedule writing of wage theft. Yeah. 
So that was already going on. He was already being sued for it. He held a meeting with his staff. Uh, Ricci is quoted saying, and then somebody recorded him, like probably cell phone held under the table. Ricci is quoted saying the Kentucky laws are stupid and that he says that there are inbreds in Western Kentucky. So here's the quote. It's fucked up. I would not. No wonder there's a whole bunch of inbreds going on on the Western side of the state. Classy guy. Uh, quote, I just told them, I said, if shit doesn't change, I don't know if I want to work in this state because it's fucking stupid for me. And I don't want to go there collecting. You know, I don't want you in my pocket. Ricci is alleged to have said in the meeting, according to the lawsuit. In the same meeting, Ricci is alleged to have said that there was a policy and practice of sharing bartenders earned tips with management at all of the Tony's restaurants, including the maitre d'. As we all know, nationally, that is against the law. Yes. This article doesn't say how much he's on the hook for to pay out if the second lawsuit goes through. But the first lawsuit, he settled it for a little bit more than a million dollars. So he's probably doing okay. And that's where the wage theft comes in, right? Like when the restaurant owner can casually pay out more than a million in a settlement and the staff is going, yeah, because you're stealing our wages, it's very easy to believe the staff. Yeah. Now, well, are just, there inbreds in Western Kentucky? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, I mean, it, it's just he's 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 upset that he was caught gaming the system. Yeah. And he knew he was gaming the system, and he games the system at all his restaurants. Yeah. So why is the one restaurant upset? Um, the terrible bagel place that I used to work for, uh, I was told that, yeah, if the drawer's ever short, you have to make it up out of the tips. And I said, okay, yeah, I don't think that's legal. Yeah. Um, and then I got they got back to me, oh, yeah, he misspoke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure he did. So I might still be doing it at the the one that still exists, but it's like, yeah, no, that 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 you can't do that. Those That money wasn't given for making up the drawer if the right, drawer is right. incorrect. Uh, it was a given as a tip. I'm going to look something up real quick. So Kentucky is a one-party uh, state as far as recording goes. Kentucky bars the recording, interception, or use use or disclosure of any oral or telephonic communication without the consent of at least one party to the conversation. That is a very specifically written law, meaning that you and I sitting right here if somebody were to record us, one of us two would have to know about that third person recording us. But if it's just you and me, only one of us has to know. So Correct. it is totally okay and uh, definitely well within the rights of the folks who did the recording to do that. Um, in Illinois, that kind of recording of that uh, uh, meeting could be thrown out. Of course, because Illinois is a two-party state. So if I am recording us like I am right now, we both have to know. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, too. Like, why would you, as a, a businessman who is at least smart enough to know enough of the law to skirt it for as long as he did, why would you say a bunch of shit like that in a room where somebody, if he got the whole staff together, it's got to be, what, 30 people? How did he talk like that not thinking somebody was going to be recording it? Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> well he probably just thinks those laws are also stupid so he doesn't have to yeah you know yeah that could be 
that'll be a tough one for him to fight in court because it'll be like, oh no no, here you said it, boop, and it'll just be <laughs> him saying yeah. it. You recognize your own voice? Eh, do I really sound like that? I don't know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, as a heads up to restaurant owners, um, if you're not paying your staff, you're going to have unhappy staff, and if you hold a uh, staff meeting and you curse out the law that you are breaking that is harming your staff somebody is going to record your ass and you are going to get sued so just be aware it's better to talk like you're always being recorded just in case (laughs) yes that's the way i act whenever i'm at an in an airbnb i'm just gonna pretend i'm being recorded so i can't decide if my hotel in nashville was like a fairly standard business person's like one night hotel or if it was super creepy (laughs) because it was like 10 distinct buildings they called them cabins but it was like two stories and there were six units in each one of these cabins and i was in the first floor of one and i had essentially a living room kind of thing it wasn't exactly a suite because it was all open there was a kitchenette with dishes and stuff and a bed obviously and then a bathroom area and there wasn't a patio, but there was a floor-to-ceiling window section that when I opened it up, it just like looked out onto the parking lot. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. I don't know. Something about it was unsettling. It was definitely not creepy enough to be haunted, but I was just like, like hookers have been brought here, I'm pretty sure. Right? Like I just I felt I felt unsettled there a little bit. Kitchenette seems like it would be like extended stay sort of situation. It looked like you could pretty much live there if you needed to for an amount of time. <laughs> but if you were for somebody who was in, in, in town for business for like two, three days and you didn't want to eat at all just restaurants or you didn't have that kind of a per diem, you could get away with that too. But it yeah. wasn't like a flop house. It wasn't like you got kicked out of your house and you had to live in this place for two, three months at a time. It didn't look like that. I don't know. I also, is this the first time I've stayed in a hotel since COVID happened? Maybe? I don't know. It, it sounds like they chose a doozy. It's not the same place you stayed in last time you were there? No. No. We, this time around, because a lot of times my company will obviously put us up in the same hotel where we're having all the conference meetings, right? And it's like a three-day thing. This time around, because so many people weren't able to go to the previous conference for COVID reasons, and so many of the people who went got COVID at the meeting and then came back with it, to their families they split it up so that we're doing regional conferences now so instead of being like seven or eight hundred people at a conference for three days it was like 90 people for one day okay so we held the conference at one of our schools in nashville so we use their auditorium their lunchroom that sort of thing but then they put us up in a hotel separately that was not attached to any sort of a conference center gotcha but I was talking to the other managers, and we could not figure it out. There was a weird vibe at that place, and we just couldn't figure it out. The how, breakfast was how, pretty good that they made, though. How old was the construction? Was it older construction? or? No, I don't think so. Probably, I would say, at most 20 years. Okay. Not too old. Kayla and I stayed at a place in Daytona, or near Daytona, one year, where um, it was definitely older, They were, and each room was like a separate little building. Yeah. Um, in this little courtyard, but the door would not lock. Oh God! Because, but it was it was just in nothing nefarious. It was just because like the wood over however many yeah. years had shrunk or whatever, and so things just didn't align the way they should. So we pushed the dresser in front of the door, 
Um, but it was that was like and uh, so the weirdness there or eeriness there, we didn't think it was haunted. It was just like this this place is, you know, we're taking all our valuables with us. <laughs> we're yeah, too tired yeah. to worry about packing up our clothes and stuff when we went to uh, you know out for the evening or whatever. But I think we only stayed there the one night. But uh, yeah, that was a place that. Um, was definitely because of age, so that's why I wondered. So yeah, that is it is weird. It sounds like a unique sort of situation with the uh, cabins. Yeah, it was um, weird. I don't maybe know. Maybe it I, was a some sort of mental hospital first or prison. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel unsafe there, but unlike what I normally do, I did throw the door lock, the deadbolt, and the chain lock. And I, the chain lock is usually not what I do. But I did, and I thought, well, if somebody were to bust in, I'm going to hear it. And at the very least, I'm going to hear that chain rattling. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Except then your your uh, sleep noise is just rattling chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was clearly not haunted. The coffee in that room was absolute garbage. But that's okay, because hotel room coffee is always garbage. You like you have to temper your expectations for stuff like that. Did you see that um, documentary about that hotel? I think it was in florida but maybe not um where the guy built this hotel and he just built this passageway where he could walk down and look into any room oh god no i believe it but no i did not and uh someone had interviewed him a couple times and then then i think he died and they were trying to figure out what to do with the hotel and eventually they ended up being sold and demolished so it's no Ah. longer there but yeah i forget and i think there's been a movie based on it that was made but yeah it was just a guy that he would uh it was like the the wall vent that was about like head height right you know or and maybe he could get in above too i don't know but he just and he had he he, maybe he had tapes as well he never uploaded them or anything he just you know uh he he that was for his own whatever yikes so the question is, did it feel like you were being watched? <laughs> no. Is that the weirdness? No. no. Okay. Although I presume, like we were saying, I presume I'm being recorded in every hotel room that I stay in. Just yeah, because yeah. now the other problem is that, like, yes, I'm a huge fan of the fact that my phone takes far better pictures than any camera I've ever owned. However, you can put a camera in anything now, right? Like that coffee maker that made terrible coffee for me probably <laughs> had a camera in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, would anyone want to watch videos of me doing anything? No. But I just always presume in a hotel room that I'm being recorded in some fashion. Ben, Mr. Coffee just wants to understand and know how you use its <laughs> merchandise so it can then build better coffee makers to right. suit your needs. It's not an in- invasion of privacy. It's just Mr. <laughs> coffee needs to know. I was in a conversation with a teacher at my school who will go unnamed a couple of days ago because this teacher did not submit any of these but thought it would be interesting to... Uh, ask chat gpt to write uh, student evaluations for the end of the year <laughs> with the criteria i've never used chat gpt but this is how it was explained to me the criteria was if then criteria if a student gets an a then here's the kind of thing i want written if a student gets a b here's the kind of thing i want written you know and on and on and in an, a shockingly short amount of time chat gpt had done all of the evaluations and this teacher again is not using any of those but that was the topic of conversation that i wandered into at the staff faculty happy hour on friday (laughs) and obviously i steered the conversation toward myself it is what i do and i said as much as chat gpt can take over 
doing student evaluations at the end of the year, I am still in no danger whatsoever. Have you seen <laughs> these cooking robots? They're awful. So at the very least, throughout the remainder of my career, however long that's going to be, robots ain't catching up with me. I can still cook circles around a fucking robot. So yeah. I am not worried. Did you see that, that there was a robot pizza-making startup that shut down? I did not. I still need to get out to Naperville, I want to say, that has a completely automated salad restaurant. I do want to, like, specifically drive out there to experience that. Yeah. That was, yeah, we talked about that a little bit, right? Was yeah. Is it one of the ones, uh, Sweet Greens, is that what it was? I think it is, yeah. That that it plans on going fully automated by whenever? There's but also yet- a thing called Farmer's Fridge that I almost partook of at the airport. Which is pretty much that. It's a salad robot vending machine. Oh, nice. And I almost did that, but I was just, I I passed it and I wasn't hungry. And I was like, I'm not going to experiment with this thing while I'm not in the device's desired position, right? Like, I'm not hungry. So I'm not going to order a salad because I'm not going to be impressed, you know? Right. (laughs) I'm not giving it a fair shake if I'm like, if I don't want the thing that it's making for me right off the bat, you know? The thing I found amusing about the uh, this startup, so I think there are other places that are doing pizza with robots, and they're still around. I forget what this place was called, but um, they their their gimmick was that the robot was like on the truck and was making the pizza as the driver was driving to your house, so you'd get a super fresh, you know, hot pizza yeah. made on the way to you. And I guess one of the issues was they couldn't get the cheese to stay on the pizza as the, it's cooking and being driven around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's super It was weird. sliding off the pizza. So <laughs> people were getting cheeseless um, uh, pizza unintentionally or just goopy messes. Um, so, yeah, they, they couldn't get it sorted out, so they shut down. Every, so that's, again, you're solving for a problem that's not a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because as we've said before, unless it's a a hearth oven pizza, right? Pizza right. travels really fucking well. Yeah. You don't need to make it on the way. Right. You know? <laughs> if you, like, you know what the best thing of all time would be? Would be, and I'm sure this exists, a food truck that just does fries. Yeah. Because then you're getting those fries, like, one second after they come out of the fryer oil. That's ideal. Yeah. Do you need a pizza straight out of the oven? You got to wait twenty minutes so that it's cool enough for you to even try to eat it. You know. Yeah. The cheese slid off so it wouldn't burn your palate and prevent you from tasting <laughs> anything else. Right. Right. It was a safety measure. Man. Yeah. You're not solving a problem. And also, do we want like pizza ovens at least four hundred degrees? Right. Like eight hundred some usually. Right. Yeah. Um, to get the- it done and you know as it travels through or. Like one of your one of your wood fired guys is somewhere in the eight range. Like whenever I've worked at pizza places, the like double stack deck oven is usually around five fifty. Okay. Do we want a collision right with a vehicle that ha- a portion of it is already four hundred, five hundred <laughs> degrees? I mean, it just. I mean, yeah, your engine is probably pretty hot. Yeah. Um. When you when you're but that's you know outside and you know. Um, in the front, and that's why fires start when there there are collisions. One of the reasons why fires could start, but I just feel like it's just uh, you're you're asking for trouble if there's another part of your car that is, uh, you know, a large portion of your vehicle that is piping hot. Yeah. No gracias. I I certainly don't want to be 
the other driver. Don't hit me with a 500-degree pizza truck. Yeah. Especially with all that cheese just that sliding somewhere yeah. in the back. <laughs> just slides out and in through my sunroof. And <laughs> you, get, you just get like a, a hat made out of boiling cheese. No. Yeah. No gracias. Yeah. There's a McDonald's lawsuit waiting to happen there. Right. Right. Okay. Let's completely switch temperatures and finish up with this thing that I saw on Twitter that just made me laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> there is a... Pl- Ladies and gentlemen, I don't drink. And I have not for nearly 10 years now. I used to drink a lot. And even then, I was not terribly precious about what I was drinking. Because I was kind of a problem drinker. And not kind of. Kind of is the wrong word. Very much so. This whole thing about ice. Oh, yeah. What is the fucking deal with ice? Right? Like, if there's like a bug in an ice cube... Do I want that in my beverage? No. If the water is not, like, perfectly clear distilled water, I don't care. If it's tap water or if it's perfectly clear whatever ice. So this thing just came up on Twitter. I didn't even read the whole article because it bothered me so bad. But here's what (laughs) Eater wrote on Twitter. 100 Weight Big Ice, which I believe is the name of the company, specializes in making high-end hand-cut ice specifically for cocktails. The New York City-based company is owned and operated by Richard Boccato and produces crystal clear cubes, spheres, and batons for many of New York's top bars. Steve, there are certain things I find very important, right? (laughs) One of them, let let me, coffee is an example, right? Coffee, there are certain temperatures that you roast coffee to. There's what's called first crack, and it's like it's audible. You can hear it. You get the coffee beans up to a certain temperature. They start popping, almost like popcorn. You have to continue roasting them to another temperature set where you get what's called second crack. And then you know your coffee's roasted enough to be tasty and awesome. These like fourth wave weirdos who are toddlers, I guess, who are roasting coffee light because they don't like coffee are not getting it to that second crack, right? They're not getting it hot enough when they roast it. That I find very important to me. Because if I'm not getting a coffee that's roasted well enough, it doesn't taste like coffee and I don't like it. Yeah. Could you imagine being somebody who is going to be offended because the water in the ice cube in your drink isn't clear enough? (laughs) No offense to Flint, Michigan, but unless it's ice made out of Flint water, I couldn't possibly care less (laughs) about ice. Yeah, well, you know, I think that uh, there's there there's a half of uh, empathy somewhere in there because I can understand if I'm spending, you know, however much for a super expensive like Pappy or you know something that's that's just exorbitantly expensive. Sure. Uh, you know, a hundred year Scotch or I don't know, I don't know what expensive liquors are because I don't drink. Um, <laughs> But I could understand, like, if you're um, getting something that high-end that you'd want uh, an ice cube that, if you're getting it on the rocks, that isn't going to dilute your thing as much um, and that kind of thing. On the other hand, I can't fathom spending that much for booze. (laughs) Well, and what if you also knew somewhere down deep in your heart that part of that price was because that 
bar shells out for boutique ass ice. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a cost I'm not involved in. Right? Like, I didn't ask you to get hornswoggled by some folks who have upsold you on the notion of having to have fancy ice in your bar. Yeah. And so then you added an extra charge to the drink. Right? It feels... It's real Emperor's New Clothes to me. It feels like yeah. somewhere along the line, some only one person is in on the joke. And I think it's the ice people. <laughs> I think the problem is the ice people. We covered this years ago where there was a, a gal in New York City. Maybe it's a New York thing. Maybe it's those fucking New Yorkers who wasn't a, quote, ice chef. No, you're not. <laughs> that, that Those two words in that order are nonsensical. That does not make any sort of meaning. And it's dumb. However, on the other hand, I've got to say, if you can overcharge for drinks because you have a, quote, ice chef and you get away with it, that's a pretty good scam. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And I don't feel bad a little bit for the people who buy into it. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, take their money. Take their money and yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can't be that expensive to produce this stuff because, like I said, I discovered this year that almost every town in this area has an ice festival. <laughs> um, where they carve ice and this is the ice they get they get the super clear block of ice from somewhere yeah and I, this they can't be spending an arm and a leg for this block of ice that's going to be carved um you know into into logos for local businesses or, or whatever right i'm um, there's some very cool carving that goes on but it's like you know th they're not spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on these things um so it, and it, it's the same ice um I would imagine it's clear it's a block of ice. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say, there is a show to it. I've always said everything about hospitality is a show, right? Like, we are acting to a certain degree. I don't claim to be an actor. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But part of hospitality is theater. Because we would not hang out with any of our customers socially if, if the, it was a different situation. Right, right, right. Like, they come to us and we have to pretend to like them. That's how it is, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if a bartender's ever been nice to you, she is not flirting with you. She is not interested. She wants you to pay her money or him or whatever. That's just how the show goes. So there is a certain theater to having fancy ice, right? Like, you get the places that have their ice as a globe. That's kind of cute. If there's, like, a $10 upcharge for this shit, that's insulting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, what? I when I when I worked at uh, one of the fancy hotels here in town, one of the upcharges they could do, one of the ways that you could have a, a extra presentation layer to your event, is having a carved ice thing like a swan or a big old dragon or whatever. But it could be at the bar, and the bartenders would chip ice for the drinks out of that block. That's cool because that's part of a show. But at no point were they saying, well, this ice is far superior to just like your regular <laughs> ass plebeian ice. You know, like that's not what they were saying at all. Well, I, I was going to say it does. It becomes a status symbol. It's for yeah, Instagram. Yeah. It's for TikTok for looking good when these things get posted to the Internet. Um, but I think status um, more than anything, because that's the only reason to drink Pappy or whatever anyway. Right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be drinking believe that. Yeah. I firmly believe that they're like it's been a long term uh psyop <laughs> that like wine drinkers have have tricked all of everybody around the world into thinking that they are better people than people who drink stuff like beer or mixers. 
because there is this this cachet of well wine is fancier same thing with not like you're drinking 10 high whiskey but yeah if you're drinking glenmorangie or something well you're a, you're a gourmand you know you 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 have a, a discerning palate and all this kind of thing chemically it's all the same stuff you know but there is a there's a mystique to it there's there's a higher class nature to it and you don't see like college kids doing keg stands of white zinfandel right like it's it's <laughs> it's you know bud light and that kind of thing and we've we've made that lower class and we've made wine higher class and that's that's been done by the communities of people who enjoy those things fine right but you're absolutely right it is the same stuff and so the status comes into well i my my people who drink this have spent generations making everybody else think that this is the fancy thing yeah and it's got to have a perfectly clear baton of ice in it. <laughs> well you know maybe maybe the round sphere of ice is just better for the champagne bubbles <laughs> right well and then you get people who put ice in their white zinfandel and those are looked down upon and it's like whoa what if that was super fancy ice you don't know yeah yeah you listen the wine two dollars the ice fifteen dollars <laughs> for I, the one cube a friend of mine years ago had a bar that i used to go to where they made martinis and they were all fancy martinis they were just like bonkers flavors and stuff and one of the ones i loved the most was they had a black cherry martini where the ice cubes they used they made them they like took water and put them into an ice cube tray and they froze them but they froze a black cherry in the middle of each one of those ice cubes that's value added i don't care about the clarity at that point that's cute that was cool that there was yeah. a black cherry in each one of those i never got to it because i drank really fast but like it was cool to know it was there right a little friend for you the ice thing is always going to bother me it is so dumb it yeah. is just water it's, ladies and gentlemen it's, it's just water it's just because you're not a mixologist. You don't understand. <laughs> what a great... That word, I don't mind. They made up their own word. That's fine. It's not like they called themselves booze chef, right? That's <laughs> a whole different thing. <laughs> Ice chef. That's going to bother me forever. I'm glad I don't remember the name of that lady because yeah. I don't want to keep roasting her. It was probably not her fault, but like, yeah, well, what a what dumb you, phrase. What you don't understand about her is she has a kitchen filled with ice sculptures of people that she's in charge of. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. I'm running out of steam here. I can't even get <laughs> myself all worked up about ice chefs. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I even slept in today, which for me, it's ridiculous. I got up at like quarter to seven. That's sleeping in. That's sleeping in like two and a half hours for me. And I am still yeah. just so wiped out. Like, this is what this is what people talk about when they, like, I just can't catch up. And I won't be able to until like Tuesday. I've got like three more days and then everything's going to be fine. But man, I'm just worn down. Yeah, <laughs> it's that time of year. So, well, it's that time of year. And this is another thing, ladies and gentlemen, if any of you do work in schools, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 2019, we were fucking kicking ass. We were doing great, whatever. Spring of 2020, we were like, oh, everything is terrible. What just happened? And then starting in August of 2020 until i would say july of last year july 2022 we had no idea what we were doing so we were doing everything we did rooms in class uh, meals in classrooms we did boxed stuff we had people sitting at tables with plexiglass in between them we had uh two students at each end of a six foot table like we did every we had six different service models in a year and a half at my location 
And then this year happened. Get to the fall of 2022. And everything's, quote, back to normal. And everybody wants all the things. And we're not used to it. We're just used to having to change shit every couple of months. And this <laughs> year, everybody wanted everything. They wanted all their parties back. They wanted uh, they wanted special stuff. They wanted this action station. They wanted these extra vinaigrettes. They just, like, everybody wanted everything. And the momentum had been fine. But as my staff has dwindled toward the end of the year, it's like, I can't keep up. I cannot catch my breath. Yeah. And so going into next year, I'm going to refine a little bit based on what we learned over the last three years and especially over the last like six months. But we're going to be in a much better spot starting off. This. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Chicago and you're looking for a job, I'm hiring for at least two <laughs> positions right now. I was able to score almost all of my staff uh, at least a dollar, if not a $2 raise last year. And everybody's getting another dollar when we come back in the fall because we were not keeping up with Chicago wages. We pay pretty okay at my shop, and it's a very nice place to work when I am fully staffed. Um, <laughs> I will be, I'll have job ads out starting in probably two, three weeks here, and I'm going to take my time and I'm going to find exactly the right person or people, and it's going to be awesome. But uh, between now and then, yeah, I'm just mush. My brain is just mush, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope there are no emergencies that happen here at the house over the next two or three days because I will not be able to handle them. I will just be like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go for a walk. Like, <laughs> house is on fire. There's people throwing pita bread at me. I'm out. I'm just going to walk around. <laughs> i got to check on the marigolds. <laughs> I'm proud of myself that I'm this cheerful about it, but it is that, like, everything's on fire, I'm just going to walk away kind of a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's been a wild couple of years, Steve. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Anything you want to mention before we wrap this up? I think I'm good. All right. I forgot to talk about our socials at the very beginning of the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know about the place where I went for this wedding out in Elburn, if you are interested in working for me, which if you've been listening to the show for a while, could be a good or a bad thing. <laughs> uh, best way to get a hold of me, embarrassingly, is on Instagram. Actually, Chef Ben Randall. You'll see all kind of. You'll see a picture of the very first baby cucumber that's growing in my backyard right now, and pictures of my chickens and bread and all that kind of stuff. If you have a longer form question or you want to send us an article, like um, some folks have recently that I still have not gotten to, in the weeds wbr at gmail.com we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group where we do have a little bit more interaction going on these days than I uh, we have in the past. And then Steve runs a website for us. In the weeds, WBR.com, and I just updated before we sat down to chat. Nice. One of the things I need to talk to you about off-air is it's time for me to develop a t-shirt for my staff again this year. So I need to have you design something for me so that we can put it up on the website and I can buy t-shirts for my staff. Okie dokie. Yeah. That. It's all, like, ladies and gentlemen, there are t-shirts and designs and stuff up on the website that you can get. A lot of them are inside jokes that you're just not going to get because it's with my <laughs> staff. But, I don't know, that could be cool, too. The one this year is, like, two things that won't make any sense and a phrase that also won't make any sense. <laughs> they're all out of context. They're all inside jokes. I don't know. Those are the best kind. Yeah. So, that's all I've got, Steve. I am, I am super wiped out. By this time next week, I will have so much more energy and probably <laughs> nothing to talk about because my school year will be over. It'll be fun. Oh, next week is the 19th? No. Father's Day. 
17th. So I can record that weekend. The following weekend, my company is sending me to a college that we run, which is in Wisconsin, to cover their alumni weekend because the chef manager at that location just quit. Very Ooh. suddenly, I have no information about it. I hope the chef is okay. But my boss was just like, that chef is just gone. Like, oh, okay. So I'm going to go up there for... <sighs> supposed to be saturday sunday and now it's thursday through monday <laughs> so they must be in worse shape than i think they are and they mm. better not put me up in a creepy hotel but i will have <laughs> likely not time to record on that weekend but the weekend after i'll have plenty of stories to tell about working at awesome. a college nice. which is way outside of what i normally do so it's gonna be great yeah all right i need to get some sleep steve Ditto. good talking to you you too sir for in the weeds of ben randall i'm ben randall and i'm Stephen Cadwell. I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.